she's here from Johnson City to LA. From she goes to Branson and Gettysburg. She's coast to coast, spreading the love, spreading the Eureka. Um, was that your go at starting the intro? Or? <laughs> I just had that written down and thought I'd toss it out there. Hello, 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 squirrel friends. I'm John Polly, a producer of RuPaul's Drag Race and a Drag Race historian. And welcome, welcome, welcome to the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast, or as we like to call it, Brought to you by World of Wonder and VH1, this podcast takes you deep inside the big pink furry box that is every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 12. Each week, I am joined by RuPaul's Drag Race icons, i.e. the queens who have made herstory to talk about this season and their own drag race experiences. So thank you for joining us. And warning, because there's going to be what? Spoilers! <laughs> Tell them Eureka. Thank you. So everybody consider yourself warned. And to keep up, make sure you are watching RuPaul's Drag Race every Friday on VH1 at 8 p.m. 7 Central. And you can also watch Drag Race in select territories on WoW Presents Plus if you're someplace where you can't get VH1. Now, having said that, today I am very honored to be joined by a Drag Race superstar, top three of season 10, the big girl who always wins no matter what. She's an elephant queen, Johnson City, Tennessee's greatest export, my homegirl, literally, Eureka. Work. I'm so excited to be here, John Polly. Boom, 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 as the stampede comes in, honey. <laughs> oh, my God, oh, my God. Well, you are a busy queen. You're on HBO. You're traveling all over the country. You're changing lives. I am grateful that you're with me today. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm so blessed in a way, but also cursed to this quarantined life. So I have been allotted the extra time at home to be on here with you, but I could not be happier to be talking to anybody else, John Polly. I love you so much. Same, same, same. Have you been enjoying season 12? Oh my goodness, have I? Oh my gosh, it's been honestly like, you know, it's it doesn't matter when you're on the show or not. You know, I have people all the time ask me like, oh, do you hate when I talk about Drag Race? I'm like, absolutely not. It's still my favorite TV show. It's always been my favorite TV show. Um, and even more so after being on the show, because you understand it in a whole nother way than you ever could have. Um, so yeah, of course, I've, I always enjoy the seasons. But this season has been especially special because during this time, bitch, at times, girl, Drag Race was the only thing I had to look forward to sometimes because I was like, y'all know I'm clocking out and watching Drag Race for the next three hours. <laughs> right. On Zoom with my friends all across the country just to talk some, you know, some fun TTs and some Kikis, you know, and it's just, it brings people together. It does. Drag just does that. Oh my God, that's so good. Yeah, yeah. And, and you have been watching with friends like in like Zoom rooms, you know, while you watch it or something? Oh, girl, I, I am your newly crowned Zoom queen, bitch, at this at this point, Miss Thing. I stay on the Zoom calls. But uh, yeah, with, <laughs> you know, from New York to LA to Tennessee, I mean, just, you know, people all over just joining in Zoom. And it's cute, actually. I feel like I'm communicating more with people all over the country and world, really, than I have in a while. Um, it's almost in a strange way. Um, nice to take a moment to pause and, and reconnect. Totally, totally, totally. Okay, so in this season, I'm going to ask you of the top three who you want to win later, but who are your favorites this season? Who you who have you been enjoying? Oh, I'm going to just be real. When I first saw this season, so let's say like the first and second episodes, yeah. 
there were some standouts for me. Um, Widow Von Du was my all-time. When that bitch bent backwards and said, I just might be, and then bent backwards and was like, the baddest bitch alive. I was like, you are the baddest bitch alive. Um, <laughs> um, I've, I've been really excited about Jada Essence Hall because I met her when competing in USA pageants. She used to backup dance for all the girls and like really be a, one of those queens that you know got the girls ready and painted them and stuff. And um, Gigi Good, I know from LA, so I was excited about her. She's always been just such a sweetheart. I've actually, honestly, real random story. Me and Gigi Good um, met, I think, before she was 21, and her mom would come with her to Mickey so she could come out just in her look. She was never a drink or anything. She was a real good girl. <laughs> her mom would sit there and just listen to me ramble while I was drunk and just talk her little face off about costumes, and her mom was just the sweetest thing in the whole world. So, Oh, my God, I love that. Yeah, I was really excited to see Gigi. Um, you know, and honestly, all the girls, I mean, Britta Filter, I've been waiting to see on Drag Race, so I was excited to see her. Uh, but my favorite also has been kind of Aiden Zane. I think she's a little quirky and weird um, and fun. No, not even weird. I just think she's fun. I'm on record. I love Aiden Zane. I love, love, love. She's like, strange and wonderful and very good at what she does, like painting and just like looks. I, 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 I've, I've enjoyed her a lot. And she looks great tonight in the reunion. We're going to get to that. Everybody's looking cute in their, like, slumber party, chic, whatever. We get the little Shady Bunch musical opening. What did you think of that? Okay. You dolls ready? Let's go! This is the tale of a fairy named Rue. Pussy on fire. Hosting three shows, too. We were 13 queens competing all together. Well, technically only 12. Honestly, Jada making the, like, well, technically 12 girls line had me dying laughing <laughs> also come on pork chop for making her cameo appearance that bitch always <laughs> makes a way uh i immediately noticed aiden zane's wigs in the background as soon as the shady bunch thing started it was so funny yeah it's cute and, and, and it's fun seeing a little peek into everybody's home and we, we would see it through the whole this whole episode but like that's one of the weird things about these like zoom and even like the tv stuff they're doing you see into different celebrities homes or what, what, what is supposed to be their homes but it's kind of like, i don't know it's weirdly fascinating yeah um, so the girls are singing the Shady Bunch. Yeah, like you said, we get a little pork chop. We get a little pork chop cameo. I love it that y'all gave Miss Pork Chop some more limelight. Not the first bitch that ever went home on Drag Race has probably been on more episodes of Drag Race than Santino Rice. That's my Bob the Drag Queen joke. For <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love it. So um, we get in. We RuPaul is with us. She is giving you all natural. She is giving you. She reminds me of one of the little kids from Peter Pan. They're like the little the siblings who are like in their pajamas running around. Listen, what is she wearing on her face? What is this face mask? That ain't covering your mouth, Mama. What's going on, Mama Ru? It's so funny because even if she didn't mean to do it, that bitch knows how to go viral. And I'm not trying to be any pun about this virus either. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, right. Oh my god! And then, and then we dive right into like a little montage of the season highlights. You know, a little like you know high points, which is always fun. You're like, oh my god, this is they're so good. It takes us to the top three, but we're not going to talk much about the top three because they get their moment next week in the finale, obviously. Yeah. So Rue starts checking in with all the girls. They're all over the country, and we find out that Queen Britta of New York is in Maine because she is like staying with her parents because she has asthma. Obviously, she, she chose to get out of New York. Probably a smart decision. I think her, par her parents are also like physicians. Miss Thang, she's not stupid. She said, girl, New York is going crazy over here with quarantine. I'm going to go to my parents' house in Maine where they got money. I ain't got to worry about rent or nothing. That woman is smart. 
Right. She's riding her bicycle like Jessica Fletcher, Murder, She Wrote style. Right. With a mask on. And then we go, we pop all over. We see Heidi and Aiden down south. We go to Missouri. We get, Crystal is giving us like Ebenezer Scrooge drag or something. Crystal's look is so iconic to me. I knew what it was immediately. I was dying. It's so good. And so bizarre and perfect and charming and like her. Did she have like a chin prosthetic and everything on? I think I don't know. I need to go. I need to look at it like three more times. I need. To, I, I saw her post a picture of it too, where she's like got the candle. She looks like it is like a very. I'm thinking it is very like Ebenezer Scrooge or just one of those old like you know it's like some Christmas tale. Oh, it's definitely a Christmas story, like for sure. It's definitely um that's definitely the reference. It has to be Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh my god! And we get Widow is in her curlers. We get Jan and her curlers in New York City. You know there are these are these are. These girls are at home comfy. That's what's cute about drag. You know, these opening looks, people are just, you know, they got creative and reflecting like the moments and the situations they're in or girls usually come and like represent like who they are. You know, I love Jackie Cox's look with the Persian inspired um, shoulders and, you know, with her mod hair to, you know, give mod, uh, give her a little mod fashion. You know, she's very like, she likes to go a lot of 60s and 70s references to Jackie does. Yeah. So I love how she incorporates her Persian heritage into like that mod fashion. I also loved, um, I love that Britta Filter was just honest about having no pants on. So I'm like, bitch, I'd be doing the same thing. <laughs> same. Aiden with all these wigs, girl, too funny. She said, mom, I got all these kitten wigs. I got them on stock, she said. <laughs> as soon as they're at DragCon, you know she's going to be having like a booth full of little pussycat wigs to sell. She better. Oh, bitch. And when, when RuPaul like talked to Heidi and was like, Heidi, she was like, what's your name now? Heidi was like, Heidi in closet. She was like, that's a mistake, girl. <laughs> I screamed. I know. And Heidi looks gorgeous. She looks so good. This bow moment, like, uh, it's very like sportswear meets church lady. I'm kind of here for it. You know, it's very pretty on her. Sportswear? Oh, what are you talking about? Like, the what, what was sportswear? So sportswear is a category in pageantry and it's like, where it's like very like business formal sportswear, right? So it's very like sportswear, like I'm either going to church real profesh or I'm going to the office and I just happen to be that fancy lady with a giant bow on my head. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. And I love that Jada has full on like, she's like Bed Bath & Beyonce. She's got a big old pillow behind her and like a little sleep mask. Yes, Jada turns it for me with those giant eyelashes on the pillow and stuff. So good. Okay, so we're going to skip through here real quick. Cause like, so we, we talked to Heidi about her like just like cute journey. And we I was fascinated to learn that she had like childhood anger, like tantrum issues. And somehow, and like, it's just impressive when someone's like, okay, they've had a rough time and they've applied it. And that's contributes to her just kind of like ease and breeziness and like her like i don't know she has this like humor and charm about her that's so impressive but you're like it's it, it comes from somewhere it's just honest you know there's something about just being true to who you are and anger management i've you know i've had to go to a course or two when i was younger too uh you know what I'm saying so i know what it's like to have to channel a part of yourself that that is happy and comical and you do learn how to have a sense of humor to kind of channel some of that anger and i think it's really intelligent of her to do that like thank god she's honest about it because there's something naturally loving and likable about someone who's just honest about who they are and where they come from and that is literally heidi wrapped in a bow you know what i'm saying 
um, she's very unafraid of who she is and where she comes from. And I think it's just very, it's very likable. It's very, very endearing. She's very, very, endearing. yeah. She kind of has like no, no like barriers or no walls built up. So that's, that's why she's so fun. And she just like draws you in like immediately from like the first episode. She's like in the interview, just like telling stories and laughing at herself and making fun of herself. And also just like smart. I love, 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 love. People that grow up in small towns like that, you know, from my experience, are are having to create um, a defense mechanism to repel some of that negativity by by having humor and, and being open and honest about yourself, you know? So I like you brought it to the stage. Totally. And she's keeping her name. She is stick, sticking. She, I love her kind of, when she's telling Rue, she's like a nervous kid trying to say, well, you know, my fan. It's so charming because she's like waiting to be like busted or something. Well, I mean, but honestly, it's so smart because it's made it's been made such a deal at this point. If she changed her name, it would almost be like a conforming move. You know, it's like, just be true to who you are. And so I think it's just kind of a part of her authenticity. If she changed it, it would change her, you know? Totally, totally, totally. We pop over to Miss uh, Nikki Daw, who's always gorgeous. And she, and I just, I love her. She's fun. And she's like, I don't know. I love that she she has to say like, who the hell is Pepe Le Pew? Everybody wants me to be Pepe Le Pew. I screamed, uh, screamed when Jada said, not even the skunks talk like that over there, girl. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. I was screaming. It was so funny. But it's been fun watching Nikki also since, um, as the show has been airing, like watching her online too, because you, you do get a sense of this like funny, kind of sarcastic sense of humor. And she's like, she's she's very down to earth. I like her a lot. You know, before the season aired, I went to um, a little appearance party for uh, Day of the Dead. She was with us, with me and Asad, um, the director of uh, Cherry Pop. So we had went to an event together and I was in drag. She was in drag and Lord, she was just the funniest little thing. I mean, just cracking jokes and just a, a good time. And, you know, when things were kind of awkward at first at the party, she was definitely living it up and, you know, just making everyone feel comfortable. Like what an easy person to be friendly with immediately fell in love with her because she's just like, she has such an ease about her, you know? And I actually found it interesting because she kind of came to the reunion. Like she was ready to fight some bitches. I was like, Oh, mama, she said, cause she, you know, you know, and people from France are very known for being assertive, you know, and honest, and it can come across, um, it can come across a little abrasive, but she, she, luckily she's so likable, but you know, it's funny to see her be just so honest when she's like retaliating with things they had to say and stuff. And I was just like, what? Girl, stand up for yourself. Yes. And we pop over to Miss uh, Jackie Cox. It was always fun to talk to. The Susan Lucci of season 12. <laughs> Bitch, Jackie Cox, she's, first of all, she won my heart when she did her Persian runway. I thought it was just so, you know, beautiful and honest. And it really opened even my eyes. I think a lot of people's eyes to, you know, another issue in our society that people don't often get to see. And that's kind of the magic of Drag Race, though, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love, and I love the fun the little bit where they talk about, like, She's the producer of the season. Like she's the one always kind of like hurting the girls around or telling them what to do or just taking charge. There's always somebody. <laughs> you know, and I think it's more this motherly like caretaker, you know, that's another, you know, we're all queens are so good at this because we all have built these defense mechanisms. Um, 
from the pain that we've been through to be able to cater to the public and to people and to be likable. And I think one of her traits is being a caregiver type personality. So I think it's just how she shows her love. You know, it's her love language, I think. That makes total sense. That makes total sense. Okay, I'm not I'm not saying she's bossy, but <laughs> who was the Jackie Cox of your season? Who was kind of like the orchestrator or kind of like organizing everyone? You know, honestly, for season nine or ten. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, season nine, it was very Alexis Michelle. You know, she was known as the producer, I guess. And then we had um, season ten. I think Asia was very much the motherly figure more than a producer, but she was very like, okay, girls, we got to do this, and it's going to be this, and it's going to be okay because it's this. But also, maybe Miss Cracker, actually. Jackie gives me very Miss Cracker vibes sometimes. Oh, I could see that. I could see that. Miss Cracker was always the one that would be like, okay, girls, now I know that it was rough today, but let's have a discussion about it. And I think that's very Jackie sometimes. She's like, all right, snatch game. We all knew what we needed to expect. Like, that was a moment where I was like, that's very Miss Cracker. <laughs> so true um i love also that lisa rana pops up with her husband oh my god what a cute moment for her you know and harry hamlin popping in and doing the <laughs> doing the whole like sexual innuendo jokes like go them for being a team player with queer culture that's what i kind of love seeing absolutely and oh my god well harry hamlin if you don't know look up movies he was in the 70s and 80s a he was in a movie clash of the titans like the original it's like a cheesy greek gods movie and stuff he, but he's also like 22 and the most beautiful man in the world. And he was in one of the first gay theme movies called Making Love. And he played a gay guy who kind of ends up having a relationship with a married man. And I haven't seen it in years. So I don't know if it holds up well, but he was like hot. Oh, girl. You know, you know, the new taste of the flavor lately is the daddies. And, you know, the, the kids love the older man anymore. It's very about the scrub and the black, the salt and pepper, honey. I'll take it. I might have to like shave my head this weekend or just, you know, buzz cut it or something because I just have the big old poofy crazy 70s hair now, which I don't mind, but it's a little hard to deal with. <laughs> oh my God, I bet it's so cute though. Oh my God. Okay, and then we are, but this is not about me. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we come back, we're going to talk about Aiden and Britta and Jan and Widow and everything and toots and boots. There's going to be a lot. So Eureka, can we, can we come back in just a second, please? Girl, I can't believe you got me over here doing this podcast. It's quarantine. I'm over here trying to have a cocktail. I gotta go to sleep. Of course we can. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. And now, a word from World of Wonder and our season 11 sisters, Vanjie and Silky, from Self-Isolation. So what's the word on the curve? What's the word on the curve? Well, you tell me what's the word on the curve. What's the word on the curve? I got up, up early to hear what's the word on the curve. Do you know what the word on the curve is? I know what the word on the curve what is. The word on the curve. 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 On the curve. 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 Word on the curve. Word on the curve. Not word on the street. Word on the curve. The curve. Available every Friday where podcasts are available. Friday for all the podcast freaks, freakily Friday night. Friday, Friday, Listen now wherever you get yours. Okay, we are back in the podcast. It's the reunion. It's a slumber party. I am joined by the beautiful and talented and friggin' hilarious Eureka. I was like, wait, can I say Eureka O'Hara? What do I say? Yeah, girl, I don't give a shit. Call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. Why are you going to yell at me on this podcast in front of all these kids listening? <laughs> <laughs> 
And we were talking about this season 12 reunion, Slumber Party. I was going to say Massacre, but that sounds just, like, scary. Oh, my God. Not the Slumber Party Massacre. <laughs> that was, like, an 80s, like, thriller movie. Well, it wasn't there a reference in the reunion, though, right? The Crystal Method Massacre or something in the reading challenge. Maybe that's what's in your mind. Oh, maybe. When I think of Slumber Parties, I always think of Grease. In the movie Grease. <laughs> Because I'm old. Hey. Bitch, we all think agree. Sandra D. Oh my God, it's the only song. Thank you. Okay, so we're back in this reunion and we're kind of bopping through all the queens, tracking their journeys. And we check in with Aiden and Britta. And I'm not going to linger on this long, but but it's, but it's just because they, they kind of like get to make their peace. And like, I mean, and we, because we all kind of know what's going on. Aiden came in new kind of you know feeling a little intimidated i bet this bedroom queen oh my god i loved her little bedroom queen video from home oh my god so cute i love they gave her a little moment too you know go aiden i think um yeah she's so quirky and just another one of those people who's just authentically her i mean yeah yeah but um you know what i like about aiden is her maybes so i love her like maybe like her little accent from the uh rusical in the first episode um translates into her drag which i really like but um the one wig, honey, her kitty cat in stock, I was dying over. Um, I also like that she's honest about how introverted she is. I think it was actually nice for her to be in her little home video space because she was able to kind of be a little more honest and open probably at the reunion. Who knows um, who's to say, but being an introvert, it might have been a little tougher for her like in person. So it was kind of cool to get to see her being honest and like, really open up and be honest to Britta about the situation. And Britta was really nice about it. Uh, Britta was really sweet. I was surprised and honest. And Yeah. Even from Britta's point of view, you get, you totally get it. She's like, listen, I had, she had such big expectations for herself. And then when she's not living up and she feels like she's failing, she's going to, you know, like it's, a, it's such a common thing to kind of lash out at people. And it, that's just how it happened, I guess. But I, I'm glad that like, I don't know, I like Britta and I want to see more from her just moving forward. Cause she's clearly insanely talented and such a like, I don't know, such a great queen and such a great presence. I love Britta. I've known her for a while. You know what I'm saying? But it's honestly, sometimes drag race just gives you an ego check. And I think that's what happened in this situation. Britta came in with an ego. And I think that a lot of girls do. I mean, I, you know, I've had ego issues in the past and it gets you to that point. And it reminds you kind of of like a Roxy Andrews lesson she had to learn over Jinx. And it's that kind of moment where it's like, oh, well, I think that my drag is better than her, so how could she be doing better than me in the challenge moment when you have to really reflect on yourself and be like, no, I did poorly and I need to take responsibility for that. She just wasn't able to in the moment. But the fact that she's adult enough to be like, you know what, bitch, I, you know, I was a little much and I didn't have to be and this is what I did, you know, go for her for being an adult about it. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and, and I think the Roxy, the Roxy Jinx analogy is a kind of very smart and like, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, very much. And, you know, it's the same thing with, like, Roxy took responsibility. It's nice when you see the girls, you know, come back and be like, listen, I know this was a lot, <laughs> you know, but we're, the fans also, I think that we forget sometimes as viewers because we get so passionate and we fall in love with these characters so fast. We forget that it's a competition series. And although it might not have very high stakes for us besides, like, we want our favorite to win, for these people, this is – their life and their livelihood and their careers are riding on this opportunity and whether or not these fans like them. So it's a pressure that no one else can really attest to unless you've been through this experience. 
after, you know, it kind of ends ends nicely. Like, Aiden's cool, Britta's cool, and, like, duh, of course. They're adults, and they, you know, I they're all talented. Big things are coming for, for both of them. Rue does a little check, like, who's wearing pants? Who is who is dragging from the waist down? Yeah. I love that we get to see Britta and Heidi in, like, basketball shorts. <laughs> well, I love Britta and Heidi just naked. And, you know, anytime Dahlia wants to show her lower half, I'm all about it. I don't know what my obsession with her is. I have always called her my wifey. Since I met her before she was on Drag Race, I have always thought she was so beautiful. She is. She's gorgeous. Which leads us to it, because then we get into talking about, like, intense eliminations and Dahlia's next, because they talk about, like, hey, hey, sis, why'd you storm off? when you, She she lost. She kind of, sorry, she was eliminated. She kind of nodded and headed back off stage. And the girls are like, we love you, Dahlia. And she's like, hold up. No, no ma'am. And, or that's what it seemed like. You know, I think it just, it's very that... Um... It's very that expectation game. You know, she's a member of the House of Aja. She's got a legendary um, drag race girl that she's following after in her household on top of like the entire House of Aja are all really great queens that could potentially be on drag race. So she's probably also trying to prove like why she should be the one that got chosen next. You know what I'm saying? There's probably so much pressure for her and she moved to LA and she's trying to like represent just a faction of drag that she does represent in general so there's pressure there so i bet what happened was it was probably hard for her to believe at first and she was probably more mad at herself and she was just like couldn't handle it and didn't know how to express herself so um probably held herself back and i'm like you know what girl i kind of understand you know at least she at least she walked away and huffed and stomped away versus saying something she regrets <laughs> could you imagine if she been like oh y'all is rigged and crazy and blah 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 you know saying <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. Um, and hello. She got to pop in every, basically almost every episode the rest of the season with <laughs> her broccoli head. Miss Stagnat that broccoli thing. I was like, RuPaul, broccoli, broccoli is never going to happen. Brock ally is never going to happen. It is. It's never going to happen. It was so cute. Then it's just because the costume was such a, ridiculous fun visual gag you drop you drop that broccoli in anywhere and it's a laugh oh my god and you know who loves broccoli this person beef and broccoli okay um it was cute i i was glad to see dahlia a little more her looks really were fire so i was looking forward to her uh, and i think she really came prepared you could tell with her looks i think she just needs a little more time to figure out who she is um separate from all the entities that she's representing you know yeah agree agree Rock'em Sakura, she is fun throughout this whole time. She has all the comments throughout this whole reunion. Miss saying Rock'em Sakura always gets a little zinger in there. I died over her beef jerky penis comment. <laughs> I couldn't take it. I said, girl, sit down and shut up, Miss Rock'em. And she got to share that, like, her, she and her mom have kind of reconnected and bonded since the show, which is just all you want to hear, really. And when I was watching it, I teared up. I cried. I just... You know, I know how special a mom connection can be. I know there's like ups and downs. I had mine with my mom and we all know I miss her terribly. So I completely connected with that moment. And I just appreciate her being honest about it. Yeah, yeah. And then we get a little, we get to check in with Widow who had her own journey of ups and downs all season. And she just seems like she's in a good place too. She's like, I, I love her little like, her little, little recounting of like, you know what? I realized I came what you did to do to show that a big girl can give versatility. You can dance, you can troll, you can do everything. And she's happy about it. And she's just so fun to watch in this episode. She's so good. And honestly, I relate with Widow because I get where that energy comes from. You know, as a bigger person and as a bigger queen, we do get pushed to the side a lot. People underestimate us. You know, it's just like anyone that's a little different from the the 
media mold, right? We all deal with that. Yeah. And she was a great representative. That's why I cheered for her. Go her for being a big girl representative and not just for the minority of plus size, but just as a minority queen in general, like, but she's a fierce, beautiful queen of black excellence. Like widow is literally incredible to me. Yeah. I can't get enough of widow. Actually random story. I used to compete with her at EOY. Um, she competed the year that me and Trinity, when Trinity won entertainer of the year and I was second runner up widow Von du competed that year. Gorgeous. Yeah. So that's where I met her was entertainer of the year. So she's always been super creative. Oh, totally, totally. She is skilled and talented and just, like, fantastic. And can dance. But oh. she'll be over here at the Abbey and twirl in a cat suit. <laughs> oh, my God. And we also get to check in with Jan. She has got her crazy Jan face robe on. <laughs> oh, my God. Jan is so adorable. I can't take it. She is. She's so crazy talented. Singer and just performer. And... I really do think she is that nice. At some point you keep thinking, is she really this nice and chipper? Is she going to crack? But I think she's, I think she is. I think that she's just been raised right. You know what I'm saying? I think that she, she has a lot of respect for other people, but she also has found a lot of love for herself. And sometimes people can mistake that for cockiness, but girl, it's, in a world where we're constantly told we're not enough, we have to be our own cheerleaders. And bitch, if anybody cheers on their self, it is Jan, honey. Feel the Jan to see. Oh, we are feeling it. Okay. Um, we, there's some tooting and booting. I'm not going to get into that because there are just some fun looks. We get little moments, which is super cute. I love the reading on this reunion. Uh-huh. Because there wasn't really a full-on reading challenge in this in this season. So I was glad we got a little reading back and forth here at the reunion. And... Well, we're talking about Widow. Widow killed. Widow slayed me. <laughs> Girl, Widow slayed the children, Mama. Listen, she said, <laughs> she said, you are the prettiest girl on the planet of the apes. <laughs> Died! So good. And oh my, she said to Gigi, I bet R. Kelly wouldn't even piss on you. <laughs> I can't! I can't take it. I was surprised that even made the cut. I thought that we, I, I was, I wasn't sure. Cause I was, you know, when they were shooting, I was like, is that going to, is that going to, is that going to fly? Oh my God. I bet you were. That is so funny. That's why I died. I was like, oh my God, that is so inappropriate. But you know, if anyone was going to be able to get away with it, it was going to be Widow, to be honest. And the other one that that killed me was Britta to Dahlia. She's like, girl, you sure do talk a big game for somebody who came in 13th on a 12 person season. <laughs> Bitch, these little, like, snide 12 contestant jokes throughout the episode kind of had me screaming every moment. I'm not going to lie. I I was really gassed by it. And Britta, it was a cute moment. I was like, okay, Britta. But can we talk about how, like, uh, Crystal Method's glasses were, like, falling apart? I was like, girl, what have you put these little reading glasses through? (laughs) I was like, what's going on, Crystal? These glasses? I said, you must have sat on them by accident or something, because they were, like, barely held together. Oh, my God. I don't know. But, like, she, as they later comment on it, she did have, hold that candle up the whole dang time. Girl, I, I know. I, I, that was actually super cute when she was like, my arm hurts really bad. I was like, I bet. But she was committed. She said, oh, I'm going to do this look. She was committed. We get fan questions, and the fans are all Vanji. <laughs> oh, my God. No, well, except the one that was, like, um, Britta and Boy Drag. I know, which is also cute. I, 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 I believed it. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what is Britta doing over here doing her own question? But I was glad to see Vanjie, honey. I love they just throw Vanjie in any chance they get because she is such a who. She is, she is, she is. Every other character but Vanjie, but of course playing Vanjie. Well, it was Vanjie playing other characters. 
for sure. Right. She was like, I'm Maria from Rancho Cucamonga. I'm Sister Pearlie from Athens, Georgia. <laughs> oh, I thought, you know, I was randomly uh, curious. Sister Pearlie, was it was that the character she played on her season? It, it was definitely a version of, I mean, I don't think that character had a name, but she was, she was definitely giving it back in her like Britney church lady look. Yeah. Like very, when she was like, Oh, I thanked myself. <laughs> yes. Um, and then we have a little family check-in. I gagged over the picture of Crystal Method's brother. I love that he uses the fact he's on Drag Race to pick up girls. <laughs> that is, well, I love that her brother uses the fact that Crystal's on Drag Race to pick up girls. <laughs> Girl, it's too funny. But then they show that photo of her brother, and he's got the curls. Oh, all the curls, honey, all the hair. I was actually kind of like, why Crystal brother look like Trey? Actually, why does Dahlia's brother look like Trey, too? They both look fine. I know. They're twins. Identical twins. Oh, my God. Dahlia's brother is so cute to me. They need to start doing drag together, like twin drag sisters. That's the wildest thing I've ever heard. That could be so fun. That'd be crazy. Um, And Jackie gets a really sweet message from her mother. Oh my God, another moment that made me cry. I can't take it. Oh, Drag Race really kind of, the reunion kind of got me emotionally. There was a few moments, not even, um, it's just these mom moments, you know, I'm probably a little sensitive to it, but it was, it was really a beautiful message. Like go her, you know, and I love that Jackie held her composure too, because it's honest to, and it's okay to be honest about the fact that like, Jackie's probably still processing this side of her mom. You know, and I love that she wasn't fake about it. She wasn't like, yeah. oh, oh my God. You know, she didn't over emotionalize it. So it was actually just really endearing that she held her composure and was just like, you know what? People have room to grow. That's real conversation. You know what I'm saying? Go her. Totally, totally, totally. Because like these things aren't just solved by like a message and stuff, but it's clearly they're in, you know, they're, they're, they're having like, like you say, like a conversation, this like that they're growing together, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so important for Jackie too, because she can't, um, she can't just jump to, oh, everything's amazing and it's okay. But it's just learning that her mom's growing is incredible and just learning people's growth are for themselves. It's not for you. So I think Jackie's smart enough to know that. And I do, I do love it. We get, we get a little unseen judges moments, which are always cute, cute, cute. Oh my goodness. The judges, Whoopi Goldberg. Are you kidding me? Uh, oh my God. So obsessed with Whoopi Goldberg and just her personality. So honest and candid. She didn't even care. No, she was so good. And she was like invested. She's clearly a fan of the show and like, okay, you're doing your challenge is a one woman show. Who better than someone to guide you on how to perform and how to tell your stories and just be yourself on stage than Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, come on. Girl. And Miss Thang, when they was like, when they were trying to ask her all them questions, when she gave Jackie those extra critiques and she was like, listen, y'all are way up in my business right now. I was like screaming like, yes, Whoopi, get them. Drag them, Whoopi, drag them. Oh, Whoopi. Yeah. Nobody's Whoopi is in, in control. Whoopi's in charge. She, she is just unbothered, right? She's a diva. I just love, you can't help but love her, right? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, well, getting to the end of this, we have a little check-in with the top three at the end. But who are you rooting for, can you say, to, to win this whole thing? Yeah, I mean, honestly, for me, after, especially after watching the reunion, um, I, I like to pay attention to the answers. I like to pay attention to everything. I'm very, like, uh, over-analytical. So, um, you know... I felt like Crystal's um, answer was a little predictable and I wanted to kind of see a little more of her truth. Like, why does she really want to win? You know what I mean? Like, I want to see at this point, I want to know why these girls really want to win. Uh, Gigi, you know, I love that she mentioned the other Queens. 
um, and things like that. But again, I was waiting for it. And Jada just kind of sold it when she was just like, girl, she's like, you know, talking about how anybody, no matter who they are, where they come from, their dreams can come true. And when she said that and was just like real about basically why she wants to win and what she can represent all in one statement, I was like, I have to be team Jada, you know, and I love Gigi and Crystal. I think they're both great. It's a really tough top three because there's not like one that I'm like, oh, you deserve to win out of all three of these people, period. Um, it's not like there's one that I'm like, oh, there's you have to win out of these top three, period. But Jada, just for me, is just walking with her head high and just funny. Ooh, she's popular. Um, those are grinder notifications. No, you know the sound of those. <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, Jada is probably my favorite as far as like to win. I think that her answer was really good. I love that she said um, how she just wants to represent girls and boys and everything in between that, you know, are looking at the screen and realizing that their dreams can come true, too, and that her dreams are coming true, you know, and I think she's just been more consistent. I mean, they're all pretty fantastic. But yeah, I I hear you. Oh my God. Has Jada, did Jada lip sync for her life this season? She did. She lip synced against Heidi um, in, the, in the Color Purple. They, they were, they were, it was the Prince song. It was the Whoopi episode. Oh, yeah. Very Shay Coulee edit. Very, very Shea Coulee. <laughs> and it's weird because it's very like the one lip sync of the season. It's like kind of a fan favorite because Nina Bonina Brown was also like that silly, kind of quirky, but funny with that insecurity too. It's so funny how like, you know, it, queens kind of reflect these personalities that have been on the seasons, you know, before. And it's just because, you know, we're so much alike as humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. Now, I do want to ask, like, these girls in this season have been through a strange experience. Because clearly, for the last 10 or 12 weeks, they'd be outperforming in bars and meeting their fans and growing as performers. And just, like, learning how to do everything. You know, I mean, learning how to be that. But, like, they've all been kind of, you know, for the most part, stuck at home or stuck, you know, online shows, absolutely, before me. But, like, how would you have handled it if you were like, oh, okay, I'm on Drag Race, my world stage begins now, and then suddenly you're kind of stuck at home? It's hard. You know, I feel bad for them because it's like, even the gigs, there's always, like, those 10 to 15 bars that kind of book all the girls. So there's money lost, you know, imagine all the things they invested in drag con. I mean, it's just a sad situation. I hate that they're not getting the full experience. But, you know, I think that it's a moment for them to, you know, I would be, if it was me, I guess I would probably be doing what they're doing, you know, being visible online, um, interacting with the fans. That's kind of all they can do right now. And I, I love seeing a lot of this season come together. I think that it's a very close season, it looks like. Even through some of the sass and frass, you can tell there's a lot of love in this season for each other. They seem very family-esque, you know, like real sisters. There's not been a lot of beef where you're like, oh, those two people clearly hate each other. Everything's been cleaned up. Um, and and I think a lot of this epidemic and this epidemic and stuff has really helped bring these girls together, I think. And, you know, they're the only ones that have ever experienced this this way. Oh, my God. So true. So true. And what advice, what advice would you have them for any girl in any season right now? It's the end of the season. Finale's coming. Just like what, what advice would you have them? Okay, girls, here's what to do next. You know, honestly – just realize that whatever happens from this point is your path. Don't compare your experience to other drag race girls that have come before you because you're just going to set yourself up for disappointment because your path is going to be different. So I think that's the next step is just realizing what your path is going to be. You know, I know everyone aspires to be like the Trixie Mattels or Alaska or, you know, Katya or the, you know, world famous, you know, Bob the Drag Queens or the Kim Cheese or, you know, there's a lot of queens that have had a lot of success and, and that's great. 
But, you know, there's a lot of queens that are also very important without that many followers. And we all have our own paths that are very special and very influential. So you're still touching the world. Don't compare yourself to high expectations because you're just setting yourself up for failure and you don't deserve to be pushed back that far. So just stay strong. Keep your head high, girls. Um, Any seasons that are coming out or whatever, just remember this is a special moment. You're living a dream um, and you're changing the world just by getting to spread your art. So it's really a gift, you know? Um, So just realize that and uh, don't set too high expectations for yourself. That's kind of my biggest advice to people in general. Oh my God, I love that. That's also good. That is also good. Thank you. I know I'm over here with Dr. Phyllis, honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And what is next for you? What are we what are we seeing next from you? I know it's all, who knows at this point. I mean, and how, you know, how we can all do stuff. But what's coming? Girl, you know, honestly, I'm working on a lot of fun stuff. I've got uh, a self-help book I'm working on. I've got a scripted series, a film, you know, I'm, I'm working on a, this series we're here, you know, I'm crossing my fingers, hoping for Emmys nominations in a second season, you know, that hasn't been confirmed yet. So please send that juju into the universe. Uh, this time is really making us reflect on what's important. This quarantine is definitely that time. And, um, you know, so I think you're going to see a lot from me in the future. Darling, have a gorgeous weekend. Have a wonderful summer. And just stay home, stay safe, or stay whatever doing your, that keeps you happy. Keep doing it. You know, if you stay happy, you ain't got to get happy. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Eureka. Thank you so much, John Polly, for having me. I'm so blessed to be on this podcast. All you all fans, make sure you go follow and watch RuPaul's Drag Race. And make sure you stay tuned to RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars coming up on june 5th it's gonna be sickening i can't wait oh it's gonna be so good i can't wait either oh my god okay now like go like you know flounce around in your marabou night clothes <laughs> oh yeah honey oh i've got 63 marabou feathers edging this negligee i've got a completely swarovski rhinestone jock strap on and a 3xl i am ready <sighs> Woo! thank you bye hon bye bye john 